Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny. Last name is Vaughn, right? And I'm here with... Tammy Vaughn. Yeah, here with Tammy Vaughn. Thank you for having me. You got a southern draw or something going there. I do. You're starting to sound a little more like your mom, which is good. I like it. I do. I do. I like it. But um, And as you know, the podcast, uh, what are we talking about? How to live a loving life. And we talk about how to live a loving life because you really only have two choices in every decision you ever make. It's love or it's fear. And you go, okay, what does that mean? What do you mean I only have two choices, love or fear? I mean that love does what's best for itself. And if, without regard for others, fear does what's... I did that backwards. <laughs> Let's do that say that again. Love does what's best for others without regard for itself. So it's you first, if I love. Fear does what's best for itself without regard for others. So it's me first. If it's fear. And so at the root of every decision we ever make is love or fear. Is it is okay, this is best for me, but it may hurt them. This will gain me something, it may cost them something. This will make them the sacrifice, but I get off scot free. That's all fear. Okay. No matter what the decision is, right? This is why I want to this is why I want to achieve this so that I can lift myself above others. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing to for myself without regard for this. All that's fear. So every decision I make, I'm either choosing that or I'm choosing to do what's best for others. I'm choosing love, which is, you know what? This would be the easy way. This would benefit me the most right now. But it's going to cost you. And I'm willing to pay the price. I'd rather pay the price than you pay the price. If someone's going to get the short end of the stick and I'm fear-led, then I'm drawing the long stick if I know where it is. If someone's going to get the short end of the stick and I'm love-led, I'm, I'm going to draw the short stick. You know, and that, and that reminds me, um, maybe this will bring home me a little more. I, I, I think about my mom. And I remember she, growing up, there were certain things I remember that I didn't understand at the time. So, you know, we... Dang it, somebody slap me around or something, get choked up <laughs> talking about her because such a wonderful mom. But, um, but you know, some, we didn't all, you know, we, we got so much money every two weeks for groceries. So on grocery day, when the check came in the mail, you know, we got, we got some steaks or something. You know, we had great that night. But by the end of the two weeks, you know, we're pouring the change out, you know, seeing if we can get something to eat. And we never went hungry. I don't want to, you know, we didn't have it hard. Um, but, you know, we didn't always have enough you know, of what we wanted. We had enough of what we needed, but we didn't always have enough of what we wanted. But the things that, that, that I never thought about that I realize now is that mom, she always said that her favorite Cheetos were the little pieces in the bottom of the bag. Mm. Huh? They are pretty good, by the way. <laughs> There's a couple of them down there that are like dark yellow. They're like just the cheese, <laughs> little pieces of cheese or something. And they are they are pretty good. But um, but you know, she always said that we some of y'all won't get this, but we, we like to go frogging. <laughs> you know, and we love frog legs. You know, we cook fresh frog legs, and so of course everybody wants to the big frog legs and everything else. But mom's favorite frog legs were always the little ones. Yeah. And when I look back, I'm like, and I think they really, I think they really are now, but I don't think, I bet that's not why she originally wanted them. 
she wanted us to have the big one. She wanted us to have everything we wanted. And if there was anything left, she would take that. So that's what love does, right? <laughs> what does fear do? What does right. fear do? Give me the bag. Get all I can off right. the top of the bag. And let get me all. First. Yeah, that's right. Me first, and you get the crumbs. Yeah. Right. So that's not what we came to talk about. Just wanted to throw that in there. Um, the question was, and this was another one where we went back to an Instagram video that we did. This was probably three years ago. And I think it's a great subject because I think there's a lot of confusion about it. And that is, what does it mean to be your true self? There's a, um, so when I hear that at this point, because of the indoctrination, when I hear be your true self, and, and I think because of what it's been taught to be, it, you know, it just, it, it irks me because it's like, that's how you destroy someone. You know, just to teach them to put themselves first, get to make sure they get the Cheetos out of the top of the bag, or, or, or all these other things. So, um, so instead of being willing to be the sacrifice, and then finding that the, the that truly like my favorite Cheetos now, are the ones in the bottom of the bag. <laughs> you know, but it, I, it occurred to me while mom was doing that when we had our children, and I was like, no, we got some Cheetos. You eat all you want, and if there's anything left, I'll take it. Instead of me making sure, hey, I'm the alpha male head of the household. Give me all the best stuff. If there's anything left, you get it, right? But your true self, being your true self in the sense of being everything you want to be, like the world teaches us today, puts us in the position to consume the best for us first, and it leaves us with an empty bag or an empty life because nobody wants to share any Cheetos with you. You run off everybody in your life, and it, 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 so it slowly wrecks your own life by putting yourself first. So, so this true self-concept, but where did that come from? Where did it, how did that get started? And there is an element of, and I think the way that got started was, was the way that first came through modern psychology and everything else was, you had a lot of terrified dads and families who put their families last, not first, and that 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 forced their children into certain molds that they didn't fit into. So, uh, so originally, I think some of this was good. So, just as an example, we have Kennedy, and you know, I, I mean, when I was a kid, if my dad my dad hung a baseball in a tree in the backyard, I'll never forget, you know, on a rope. And, man, like, I wanted to beat the cover off that thing. Like, I mean, I was out there beating that ball. All, you know, just I'm just always hitting the ball. I loved it. I, could, I mean, it was just like my favorite thing. Well, my dad was also kind of a, a, a tech giant, you know, in his own mind. I mean, he, he, he just he, – I mean, he helped create some of the first computers, some of the first programming. Um, and so, like, I don't even remember what year it was. I was – probably seven or eight years old i'm 55 now i think when dad brought home our first computer computer 50 years ago and it was this box he set on the uh, counter and or on a table we had in an extra bedroom and he was so excited he couldn't wait to show me this thing and all i'm seeing is this little bar blinking on the screen and dad's telling me about how it works on the inside how everything he's like, like just teaching away and i'm like i can't comprehend anything he's saying i'm not the lead all i'm thinking about is dad i want to go hit the ball you know, and so and so, but Dad kind of figured out after a little while that that wasn't my gift. I wasn't going to be able to flourish in that. Okay, now then then 
and so he let me play ball and he taught me how to play ball. And he played ball with me. And I, and looking back, I know it must've been brutal for my dad. And I know he, he was also trying to get us ahead. He was like, guys, I know y'all don't understand this little box, but this is the future. And if I can teach you, he was thinking, if I can teach my children how to master this thing and be good at this thing, they'll have a head start in life. But we didn't want to touch it. We didn't want anything to do with it. But it didn't, it really didn't match our gifts, is what I'm trying to say. So then you fast forward, I have we have Kennedy, and he's a little boy, and all I'm thinking is just put a ball on the tree and let's start hitting the ball. And so what I do, what do we do? We go sign him up for baseball. And he's out there like, like me looking at that computer. He's like, well, Dad, what are you doing? Why you got me out here? But he's trying, you know, and he was a great little ball player, made the all-stars, you know, but he wasn't happy. He wasn't, he, he just wasn't, you know, what do you want to do? He wanted, he wanted to be home building Lego sets. I mean, he's built like, you know, he's eight years old and he can work nine hours straight on a Lego set and build the world's largest Lego set and everything. And I'm like, when I was a kid, if you drug out Legos, I ran for the ball. You know, I just wanted to get away from it. So I made him play baseball probably one year too long, you'll say. I think it was long. It was definitely too long. <laughs> too long. So we only did like three years, like, you know, T-ball, two years of T-ball and one year of coach pitch or something i can't remember but i, I never hear the end of it but i wanted I, it was okay for him to learn a little bit you know and i don't think i'm not saying we should, if, if you're if you have a gift for one area you also need to work on your other areas but what you don't need to do is force yourself or be forced into a place that you're not gifted at all I mean, these gifts are god's god given okay and there's a, there's a big difference between if, if by being your true self, you mean Kennedy is the master of math, like no one taught him that. Like that's born in him, okay? He's, he's a master of math. He's, um, you know, the Lego king. He, he's going to be able to engineer anything he wants to engineer, all of those things. He kind of likes playing golf now. That's cool. Me and him get to look some golf balls together. I love that, you know. But thank God I didn't make him play baseball his whole life, you know? So he, we do have a sense of ourselves, like and I always call it the what. Like what we're supposed to do, and, and they have personality tests for this. They have all kinds of ways to kind of check, to find, and, and those things are pretty accurate, you know? No, nobody's going to tell you they're trying to identify the gifts that God placed in you that he even identifies in his word. But but, but all of those things, yes, you, we should be somewhat true to that, you know? Don't, don't find something that you can actually prosper in and be great in and somewhat enjoy it right but that does not mean that is not in any way intended that's not there to result in why you do what you do the heart is the why part and and if you just be yourself that way and in your heart you're going to destroy your life and you're going to hurt everyone about everyone around you because the heart is it comes out of the shell inclined to selfishness and the world now is telling everybody just be yourself just be what you feel and and why you're doing these things so i'm i'm going to be the best lego player so i can lord over the lego players you know or prove that the baseball guys want to go to the best baseball player to prove somebody else something that's the why stuff is the heart stuff but the, you have a great scripture to kick this off let's read that and let's talk about it a little more 
Um, the first one is talking about the different gifts, Romans 12, 6 through 10. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, and honor one another above yourselves. And then the second one goes along with how you were saying, don't just follow your heart. Um, and you had said you wanted me to read three different versions of Jeremiah seventeen nine. Yeah, but, because we need to hear this like three different yeah, times. It is, and it says it a, a different, a little bit differently in each one. The NIV says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And the King James Version says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then the New Living Translation says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Right. So with our children, with ourselves, there is a part of us, the what we do part of us, the gifts that, we, that you read about that we have. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're a giver, if you're a mercy, you know, all of these align with what we end up wanting to do in life, things we want to serve. I mean, I mean your, 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 your gift skills, your gift set is to organize, to, I mean, like the, the world. And here's what's crazy is the, the world of psychology calls all the gifts a disorder, especially if you have a really strong gift in something. They call it a disorder. And if you have a really strong gift in something, you're going to be kind of weak in other things. So, I mean, if you're, you know, so if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm just, all I want to do is play baseball, I'm going to stink at basketball. I'm going to have no idea how to do it because all I'm doing is playing baseball. So if we have really strong gifts, spiritual gifts, then we're going to have significant weakness in other areas. So then psychology comes in because you don't fit in the perfect middle box, and they call these disorders like OCD. But really, it's not OCD, it's OCG, you know, and it's not obsessive compulsive. It's a strong gift. So you have this strong gift of organization. Like you go in our kitchen cabinets, everything's lined up in order, you know, and my cabinets wouldn't look anything like that. I can promise you, you know, I mean, all our drinks in the refrigerator, um, I can't set anything down without, you know, we won't go there uh, or use the water in the sink while somebody cleans the sink, standing there with paper towels and Windex and, you know, but what comes out of that, you know, an organized home and with someone who's, I would say my strength is I'm willing to take risk and to, and, and multitask, you know, they call, they would call me uh, ADD, you know, but it's ADG. It's a gift. It's not a disorder, but I need you. Like if I didn't have you, if I didn't have anybody else, it would be a disorder because there would be no order in my house. Everything would be, you know, one person's house, everything would be organized, but nobody would be going anywhere. We balance each other out. Right. So that, so God create, God gave us all different gifts so that we have to function together. The church specifically has to function together as a team. And when they come together as a team selflessly for the, with their hearts right, then you have all of the elements together and it's not one person, It's and he's working through it. So, but 
we have we have our our gifts and and then we have a heart and and we in our hearts are also a desire with our gifts come a desire like you desire to organize okay but with our hearts also come a desire and with the heart the selfishness of the heart desires itself first and it wants what it wants and it wants what it feels so god gave us his word and truth as a as a guide for how to steer our hearts his word should steer our hearts so if 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 i if i feel like i want something and i'm going to call that my true self and that thing that i want is selfish or not true it's a lie and if i just this is why the, this is why it says the heart is deceitful above all things i know sometimes people and it's wicked above all things and i, I know sometimes we're thinking don't say my heart's wicked i care about people i care about this i care about that yeah well you probably do and that's wonderful you know i do too but let's be honest if i just follow my heart or you just follow your heart our hearts are are leading us to selfishness, to what we want, to what we feel, to what's immediately gratifying. And when we follow our heart to those things, if we have no compass or anything to check our hearts against, and we just blindly follow the heart, what happens is we wreck our lives. We become so selfish, we destroy all the relationships, all the purpose of our lives. Everything slowly gets destroyed. And, and then the wickedness is the self-destruction, and hurting all the people around us. So your, your heart will destroy you. That's why God gave us his word. There's, so what, what, what do you do with the heart? What do you do with the feet? You don't follow it. You don't be your true heart. You go, okay, that really made me angry. Okay, I really want to get the first Cheetos. Okay, this is who I think I am. This is who I feel like I am. Well, you're not who you feel like you are. You can become who you feel like you are, but God has a plan. He created you to be something very specific, not just whatever you feel like being. And the only way you're going to get there is to constantly check your own heart against the truth of His Word. In His Word, it says to guard your heart. So I think that's checking it. That's right. Isn't that in Proverbs? Is that? Yeah. I think that's in Proverbs. I don't know if it's in Proverbs or not, but that's. <clears throat> but no, it does to say guard that. Guard right? your heart. Yeah. Or everything you do flows through it. Yeah, and, and guard guard your heart from your selfish decisions. A lot of times we think guard our heart means guard our means put a wall around our heart and harden it to protect us from everyone else. I don't think that's what it's telling us. I think it's telling us to guard our hearts from ourselves, from our own from our own selfish decisions. Guard our hearts from getting to a place where we follow our own truth. Because following your own truth will totally wreck your life. Why, I just want to ask, why would anyone, why would the world, why would modern psychology, pop psychology, why, why would the media, social media, why would everybody in the world be telling you to have your own truth? Why would that message be preached and pressed Enforced out to teach children, especially ones who don't have much leadership at home, that they should have their own truth. Why would anybody even want that? Like, what, what's the purpose of that? Well, I'm so glad you asked because here's the purpose if you can get somebody, 
if you want to totally wreck somebody's life, if you want to control someone, if you want control of someone's life, you need to, them to be totally and completely fear-led. Because if they're totally and completely fear-led, they'll do anything you tell them to do if they think it will be best for them or make them feel safer. They become puppets to you. Now, how do you ever get anyone to be totally and completely fear-led? I'll tell you. You tell them to follow their own truth. Do Just follow their hearts wherever it leads them. Be in anything they want to be, regardless of what God's Word says. God, have no regard for the truth. There is no the truth. It's just your truth. And when you get them to do that, in enough time, they'll re- completely wreck their own lives. They'll have zero faith, hope. They'll just go wherever you tell them to go. They'll do what you tell them to do. And so at the very root of this is not even people. It's Satan. You know, I mean, it's we have a devil, and his goal is to kill and to destroy. And he can't just do it on his own. If he could, we'd all be gone. But he does have dominion. He has influence. And he works through people, and he works through all kinds of things. But his goal is that, that you follow your own truth. It's just that simple, you know, to pretend that he loves you. And encourage you to embrace yourself, be yourself, love yourself, and follow your own truth. And if he'll, if he can get you to do that, he doesn't have to do anything else. He'll take care of all the rest of his mission. And what I'm telling you is, God loves you, and he didn't give you your own truth. He is the truth. Amen. And he didn't, he didn't want, he didn't expect you to make your love. He is love. And you don't have to love yourself because you are loved. And if you get him first, you'll put yourself last. And his, and his word tells us you put yourself last, you'll find yourself first. That's right. He'll lift you up. You don't have to lift yourself up. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Crystal clear. All right. Well, let's wrap that one up. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, trust God's word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.